0: Welcome to the Anxiety Slayer series. Our mission is to assist you with creating more peace and tranquility in your life through anxiety release exercises and supportive tools created to slay your anxiety. Welcome to Anxiety Slayer. I'm Shan Vanderleek here with Ananga Sivier, and we come together weekly on Skype to share Anxiety Slayer sessions with you and answer listener questions from our inbox and Facebook page. Together, we love sharing a powerful collection of techniques to reduce anxiety. And this week, we're going to be discussing an excellent question from our Facebook page. And that is, why does anxiety cause awful thoughts? And how can we stop them? I thought that was a great conversation for us to have today, Ananga. Welcome. It's Wonderful to be together with you again today in another episode of Anxiety Slayer. Hi, Shan.
1: I think this is one of the biggest challenges when living with anxiety these thoughts that go on behind the scenes in our mind. We can appear to be spending time with somebody, doing something, but inside we're just feeling awful, really shaken up when these thoughts occur in our minds. Of course, they can come in all kinds of different flavors horrible images, negative predictions, fear of loss fear of going crazy, these awful, awful thoughts that just flare up and then catch our attention and we start getting snagged on them and developing them further.
0: And the triggers for these things can be really hard to, uh, to put your finger on because it can come from just about anywhere. And I had an experience over the weekend where there seemed to be so much going on in the world news tragic weather and death and war and, you know, just all of that stuff just felt like too much. And being a very sensitive person, as I know you are as well, and so many of our listeners are, it started to kind of uh, take me down that, that road of negative predictions and, and fear for the world and what it's going to be like for my daughter and, and for her children and those kinds of things. And I, I was with a friend and realized that I had somehow gotten lost in that train of thought. And had to pull myself back to the present moment, and really ground myself to remain present with my friend, and she had no idea what was going on, which I always find fascinating in itself. But needless to say, I was able to come back to it, and I was thankful, very grateful that I could move beyond it. and And certainly, those issues are still there, but um, I don't even remember what triggered it. There probably was some sort of commentary or some sort of reference to something that sent me down that tunnel.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes we have an internal sensitivity and we genuinely get triggered. We have an area of concern that we're not comfortable with, a reoccurring thought pattern, unwanted thoughts that we're really not happy about. And the mind is hypervigilant to those areas. It tries to protect us from them and something comes up that touches on that area and then it just spins out into big anxiety. And the mind kind of goes like a broken record. It's trying to deal with it, but it has this mental anxious indigestion where it can't process thoughts healthily. And so it gets caught up and kind of spins around on itself and creates more and more anxiety instead of being able to stabilize itself again.
0: And I found that you can't, really force the thoughts to stop. It, do, it doesn't help if you try and force things. It, it actually makes it worse. Has that been the case for you as well?
1: Yeah. I don't know where this quote comes from, but it's often quoted in popular psychology. What you resist persists. Mm. And what you accept, you have the power to transform. Somebody said Star Wars. I don't know. But when we resist <laughs> things, we're using stressful strategies. I like, know I don't want this. I don't want these thoughts in my head. Why won't these thoughts go away? It takes a lot of nervous. Energy and we're pushing these thoughts away, resisting them. They're persisting and they're coming back and back. And sometimes we just get really tired and they just come right back into our mind with renewed energy, renewed force. And trying to stop unwanted thoughts, this stressful uh, coping method that doesn't really work. And it's actually like we're pouring petrol on the fire. We're inadvertently and so not wanting to, but we're fueling them more.
0: So, what can we learn about? how to best care for ourselves when this happens.
1: One thing I really like to work on, and this is a long-term strategy, it's kind of a, a life choice. It's not a, not a quick fix, but it protects the mind because we're talking here about some reality as well. We're talking about world events, not just imaginings. I learned a very powerful lesson from Ayurveda on immunity, physical immunity and health. In Ayurvedic medicine, the theory of immunity is called Bhumi. Beach means seed, and bumi means earth or land. So the theory states that the manifestation of disease in the body is related to the nature of the land. In other words, the quality of the earth decides whether the disease can grow and flourish or not. So the immunity we possess is related to how we cultivate our internal environment, which gives us a chance to be proactive about our choices in hydration and diet and lifestyle and so many other things. But that also applies to the mind, protecting our mind. How fertile is the soil of our mind to get disturbed by what comes at it? Ayurveda gives a lot of teachings and methods for making our mind more clean, more calm, more peaceful, more resilient. It's compassionate, but it's grounded and healthy, and it's still sensitive, but it's not sensitive that it flies out of control as soon as something affects us. One way of working with the mind like that is to be a peace gatherer. We can't think of nothing. We can't stop our thoughts, no matter how much we'd like to, but we can start collecting good and nourishing thoughts. So One thing that's helped me with developing that is to think of our mind like a natural garden project there are going to be some weeds there's going to be some brambles and they're exhausting to completely try and get rid of and eliminate forever they keep coming back so instead of fixing your mind on what you don't want in your garden start thinking about living with a degree of acceptance and looking at ways to keep the weeds and brambles contained while you plant flowers fruits vegetables learn composting keep things watered Uh Keep the soil nourished. So just think of the mind like that, like a garden. What flowers can I bring in? What bees and butterflies can I invite in? What kind of biodiversity can I create in my own mind that helps nourish it and helps protect it from what's going on around it?
0: I love that so much because then you can really get creative with this process and it will take you away from the the fear-based piece. And to be able to draw on. That collection that you're talking about, that being a peace gatherer, you know, one of, my, one of my very favorite affirmations is I am peaceful. It's my go-to. When I start to feel electric, that's kind of my description of it. When I just kind of feel like, ooh, a little too fizzy, a little too electric, need to find some peace and get grounded. And there's so much peace to be drawn from. There's so much around us, well more than what the media would share with us, well more than what the screens share with us, right? To be mindful of our nutrition and time outside and fresh air and breathing and grounding and all of the things you and I have been talking about for years and years.
1: These are the things that really help. You've heard me quote before Dr. Vasant Lad, one of my favorite Ayurveda teachers and authors, and he says that, The role of food in Ayurveda begins with the blood and ends with our mind. There's an energetic, subtle principle to our food that goes right through into our consciousness. What we eat affects our blood, it affects our nervous system, and then it affects our consciousness. So, food is very important, and the type of food we eat is very important because it doesn't just nourish our body, it ends up affecting our thoughts. He places great emphasis on clean eating, peaceful eating, a Grain and plant based diet where we're not causing disturbance to other living entities. He talks about if you want to feel peace, then eat peace. So that's one thing to consider when we're cultivating our garden. And then making other choices in what's coming in. We've spoken about this a lot in the past, Shan. What are we letting in through our senses? Are there news items that we can filter out and replace with positive listening? Are there forms of entertainment like fast paced music? violent movies dramas do they upset us if we see something and it keeps coming back in our mind unpleasantly for hours or days or weeks afterwards then better to eliminate that kind of thing from our mind again that ayurveda describes that as being like mental indigestion we're bringing it back up back up (laughs) these unwanted images the mind's like a camera whatever it sees it captures so Again, as you said, going out in nature, deep breathing, walking, mindful baking, gentle, uplifting practices and really looking at weed control by being very, very careful what we let into our heads, particularly again, because people who suffer from anxiety tend to be very sensitive people.
0: I don't know about you, Ananga, but what I've noticed lately is there seems to be a lot more of us. There seems to be a lot more very highly sensitive people on the planet more than ever before. And maybe it's because we found our voice and we're talking and we're not hiding. You know, I'm not really sure. Uh, I know that the young ones coming in are much more sensitive. My daughter certainly is. And we really owe it to, to ourselves and our families and our communities to do all that we can to practice mental detoxing, to Figure out the very best ways we can move on from some of the interests that we might have that are not doing us any favors.
1: Yeah, it comes back again to noticing and adjusting to develop awareness of your thought processes and notice when your mind gets stagged. Look out for triggers. We don't always see triggers because we feel the after effect of the trigger. The trigger comes not necessarily obviously into our awareness and then we feel a escalated episode of panic even a panic attack and one of the awful things about anxiety is it feels like it's come from nowhere it feels like it's come from out of the blue but that's usually not the case it normally has come from somewhere from some trigger so when we start taking a deep breath taking a pause and allowing time to notice and to see what's affecting us sometimes we'll eat something and it takes a while before we realize actually i don't do well eating that. That really doesn't serve me well. It was a long time before I realized that Wheat and I do not get on. And uh, I would try and rekindle the relationship here and there <laughs> <laughs> until it became apparent that we really don't get on and, uh, and we we're actually better off parting company, as sad as it was. So it's the same with our thoughts and things that disturb us. You know, sometimes you might notice, oh, if ever I watch that, I just feel rotten afterwards or it makes me feel more anxious or more sad. And you know, I saw uh, a clip on social media the other day of a girl playing on these zombie shooting games, so you mm. a young girl, and she's running round and round her living room with a headset on with some kind of visor where you can see the game shooting, and she was just getting more and more hysterical and screaming and bumping into things, and she was really disturbed, and I was thinking, at what point do we realise that that's just not healthy for anyone to be doing that? You know, it's hey. a, certainly not a child, but any of us, if you're running round screaming, And she's like marching on the spot and jumping up and down and getting increasingly hysterical. Do we really need that in our nervous system? Is there not enough going on that's disturbing without inviting more of these things into the garden of our minds?
0: One of the things that can really help with this is the How to Calm Your Fragile Mind course that we created. It's certainly a great place to start. Yeah, it teaches
1: how to be with uncomfortable thoughts and let them fade and just blow away from the mind. It teaches how to develop awareness, start noticing. It takes a little training to start noticing sometimes the things that are upsetting us. Sometimes we're so anxious and so stressed that we're not hearing the cues because we're in there with it. We're being spun out like, you know, it's like the mind's in a blender and it's just not Getting a break. So How to Calm Your Fragile Mind teaches how to push the off button, how to let the momentum settle, how to start looking at what's going on in your head, and then ways of working with thoughts. Because Ayurveda teaches that trying to resist thoughts doesn't help, running away from thoughts doesn't help, which we all drawn to try. It's our first go-to is to try and divert, distract. But How to Calm Your Fragile Mind teaches healthy ways to distract, ways to Work with your mind that are actually healing to it and settling to it rather than just increasing anxiety and adrenaline by running on autopilot
0: and just trying to cope and trying to keep going. I think it's important to remind anybody who is listening right now that you are not in this alone and that Ananga and I still experience these things on occasion. We just have the resources and the tools and, and know how to support ourselves and, and share and be, we're open about it. And we know that we are not anxiety. We are not our anxiety. We are not these thoughts that we can separate from them. And I hope for you that you see this the same way. That awareness piece is so big when you can just be, oh, there my mind goes again. How can I bring it back in? How can I replace these thoughts with more nourishing, peaceful thoughts? And then again, go back and implement some of the suggestions that we've shared with you today. Thanks so much, Ananga. And thanks to all of our listeners for showing up for this episode of Anxiety Slayer. If you liked today's episode, the biggest compliment you can give us is to rate and review our podcast at iTunes. We'd sure appreciate your support. Anxiety Slayer has been offering a free podcast for more than six years. Now we want to help you go deeper by providing step-by-step support on getting the best experience from our favorite tools and techniques for overcoming anxiety. Are you ready to take action against your anxiety? Enroll in the Anxiety Slayer Academy now and you can get started today. Visit anxietieslayer.com forward slash support.